0: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have superpowers? What if those powers were connected to panic attacks? That's what happens to Annika in Super Ordinary, a fiction podcast from Tandem Productions. As Annika attempts to use her powers for good, their uncontrollable nature means that things don't go as planned, and she finds herself as America's most wanted supervillain. With the help of her best friend, Annika tells her side of the story while on the run and tries to make up for the pain that she's caused. Listen to Super Ordinary wherever you're listening to this podcast now or by visiting TandemProductions.com.
1: What, what, what's happening? Hello? Is someone there? Is someone there? Hello? Who's there? Allie,
2: it's me. The stupid card reader isn't working. Can you let me in? Oh, Jesus Christ, you scared the shit out of me. Uh, hold on. Allie! I'm coming. God, what time is it? Would you turn that thing off? Sorry, yeah, let me just find the remote. Ah! Whoa, 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 whoa. what's what's going on? I called him a hack, Allie. Wait, who? Called, wait, called who what? Warren. Young? What other Warren do we know, Allie? Jesus! I'm just trying to catch up! I called Warren Young a hack. Now you're caught up! Okay, calm down. To his face, Allie. To his face face. Well, shit. You don't think this will affect our tour tomorrow, do you? Is that really what you're thinking about right now? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've been sort of looking forward to it. Well, I also said he was an asshole who doesn't give two shits about anyone besides his own stupid, egotistical self, so touring the set isn't the top of my list right now. Did you use those exact words? No. Okay, well, that's good. But it was implied. I'm sorry. Wait. How did this happen? I know you're not his uh, biggest fan right now, but you don't normally lose your shit like this. I don't know, okay? Things were actually going pretty well, and then he started saying that Bloodlines is all about pain and suffering, and that's all there is to it. Well, I mean, it is, (laughs) it is kind of, right? It's, it's obviously not everything, but they say it in the first episode. Should you accept your lives will no longer blah, 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 the pain will be unbearable, but you must do whatever you can to stay alive, even if it means blah, 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 blah. I feel like they said it directly to camera. Right, but that's just lazy writing and bad direction. I don't know. I feel like it's a decent setup. That's life fighting demons and vamps, right? I'm not naive, okay? I know that pain is a fundamental part of the show because it's a fundamental part of life. But he believes that Luther is evil. Full stop. And that Bex needs to be suffering to be interesting. Which is such a misogynistically bullshit thing to say. Okay. You have a point. It's like... God forbid there's actually a successful redemption arc. God forbid people actually care about the characters and want them to succeed. God forbid there might actually be some deeper meaning and connection outside of what's written on the page. But no, because that would actually be interesting. But that's not how you're supposed to watch his show. He actually told me I was watching his show wrong. What a dick. Right? It's like, Sure, you created the damn thing, but isn't the whole point of art that it's supposed to be interpreted by the viewer? <sighs> Tea. I'm sorry, can we start from the beginning, please? You have to spill everything. Okay, right. Well, first of all, he offered me a LaCroix. Not a LaCroix, but a LaCroix. Like a fucking asshole.
0: Tandon Productions presents That Vampire Show. Episode 5 perspective.
3: (laughs) Totally absurd. Did I mention she called me a hack? Once or twice? Honestly, it was a pretty inspired speech. Slightly misguided, but the writing was strong. And kudos to her, because I've never heard anyone tell me I'm taking a massive shit.
4: Well, we knew she had a way with words.
3: That would seem to be true.
4: Just like you, I suppose?
3: I did do everything you asked me to. I opened my home. I told her secrets from filming. I shared my lacroix.
4: I wonder where things went wrong.
3: She's the one who lost her mind and told me I was a bad writer. I was perfectly civilized.
4: We aren't in kindergarten, Warren. I don't care who said what and in what order. You made her upset.
3: I didn't make her upset.
4: No, she just yelled degrading things at you in a fun sort of way before you kicked her out.
3: You may have a point. Not a strong one, but a point of some sort, I will concede.
4: In some way, I'm sort of jealous of her.
3: (sighs) I can't believe i pay you to hate me.
4: If I hated you, I would have quit by now. I'm just glad someone called you out for having a stick up your ass.
3: Sure, sure.
4: Right, so your phone meeting with the network execs is in 20 minutes. So in your free time, which you are so lucky to have, I want you to sit here, think about what you've done, and come up with some form of apology. Maybe a note...
3: I think that's a little unnecessary. What, a a handwritten card? Mina?
4: Frankly, it's the least you can do. You took what should have been a fun, once-in-a-lifetime experience for a teenage girl and made her cry instead.
3: I make people cry all the time. That's
4: not something to brag about, Warren. This wasn't a conversation you might have with one of the writers on character analysis or script structure. She's your fan. And a child. I know you don't really get the internet, but let me break it down for you. You are a grown man who brought a trauma response out of an 18-year-old. I don't really care how everything went before because she obviously felt defensive and threatened at the end. She posts about that on the internet to her thousands of followers who all watch bloodlines like it's gospel. You are in some serious trouble. We all are.
5: Right.
3: Yes, I understand.
4: Thank you. Okay, so originally Jim was going to take the girls around the city today, but with this situation and the white blouse incident, I think I'll actually hit up Cam and get him to work this angle. He's not called on set today, thank God.
3: Wait, what blouse incident?
4: During the the behind-the-scenes interview, when she spilled coffee all over her white blouse and the microphone.
3: Oh, I thought it made for a kind of charming realism.
4: Of course you'd think so. But we had to put her in one of Lucy's costumes, which she was swimming in, and film the whole interview again. I know you were never a teenage girl, but something like that really adds to the whole trauma of existing as one, so I feel for her.
3: I think having Cam on this is a great idea. He's highly trained at cleaning up my messes.
4: We all have to be. Mina? Write the note.
2: Aren't you hot? No. It's like 90 degrees and you're wearing sweats. Oh my god, it's hot. What's the deal, L.A.? It's October. Get it together. We're about to get on a plane, Al. Forgive me for wanting to be comfortable. Yeah, in like six hours. Well, at least I won't be in... God, what even are those? They're my platform beach espadrilles. Leave me and my dreams alone. Fine. Fine. I just want to be home and in my bed, under the covers for the rest of my life. Cat, come on. These are our last moments in LA. And I can't believe we get to now spend them with the Cameron Jones. Let's just have some fun for once. <sighs> Shit, it's hot. Can you see my pit stains? You're fine. Okay. Good. Good, <laughs> good, 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 good. Can we maybe just... Lower the energy, just a little bit. You're making me more anxious than I already am. I'm not doing anything! Sounds like a you problem. I feel like shit, okay? I didn't sleep much last night. I know. I'm sorry. I keep replaying the conversation over and over again in my head. God, it's miserable. Over and over and over again. My life is ruined. Oh my God. No, it's not. I'm serious, Allie. My life is over. I looked like an idiot on camera, spilled coffee on the brand new shirt that my mom made sure to remind me was pretty pricey, honey, so be careful, blew up in Warren Young's face and essentially sabotaged the whole show. And now... Now I have to do this stupid tour with Cameron, and I gotta be all, hi, no, yeah, everything is awesome, when he just killed Callum on national television last night. Okay, first of all, Cameron didn't kill anyone. Luther did. But I get it. It hasn't really been a smooth sailing trip for you, but I promise that you didn't ruin the show. That's crazy, Kat. Cameron is gonna be here any minute. So, let's take a deep breath. And let it all go just for this afternoon, and I promise we can mope the whole flight back home. Oh, I can't believe this nightmare isn't over yet. I don't think I'll ever be able to watch Bloodlines or write ever again. Work with me here, Cat. Could you just try and be fun? For me? For an hour? What's the point? None of this is real. This whole thing is just a dumb publicity stunt that puts me in the middle of all this fucking drama that I didn't even want to do in the first place. Wow, wow, wow. The very real Cameron Jones is pulling up in a fucking convertible, so I'm going to try to enjoy myself. Please, don't ruin this for me.
5: What do you say we hit the beach?
6: Warren, kiss me. I'm about to make you a star. I am so sorry, but I would truthfully rather eat sand. Come on, I've got a long list of people who would tell you I'm a fantastic kisser. Hmm, I'm sure. Long list, Warren. Long list. I'm sorry,
3: did we have a meeting scheduled? Mina usually gives me the rundown on my day, and then I promptly forget the whole thing, but we have a system where she reminds me five minutes before, so either Mina's dead or
6: we... Didn't have a meeting. She went to the bathroom. I waited for like 30 minutes for her to abandon her guard dog post. Are you afraid of my assistant? She's very intimidating for someone so... Short.
3: I know. What's so important that you hid from my assistant and breached my sacred space? I'm very busy, and I've got a meeting with the network execs any second. No, you don't.
6: But... I rescheduled uh, your meeting with the suits. I'm sure everyone loved that. Let me finish, because, and this is why I'm here, I just got verbal confirmation that you, my friend, are on a very short list for... Are you ready? Titans of Steel! What is that? The new Riff Brothers installment. Are are you serious? Do you even read Twitter? God, no. But that sounds familiar. Is that the one they're casting Jonathan Majors for? Exactly. And it's going to be a hit. So you, my friend, are welcome. Wow. How many people are on the list? Three. Jesus. Bet you're regretting not kissing me. Still, no. Playing hard to get, that's
3: cool. I mean, this isn't an offer yet, right? Like like it's not
6: 100% guaranteed. Of course it's not 100% guaranteed. But top three is top three, my friend. This is the big leagues, Warren. You'll finally be able to move past this five-year stage of teen bloodsuckers and make some real work. The, the teenagers aren't the vampires. You know that, right? They're They're actually... I mean, they're in their 20s now. Sure, but we're talking Riff Brothers, buddy. This is the big leagues, and we are finally making some waves. And did I mention it's a Riff Brothers installment? Can't say we'll be shortchanged. Right, (sighs) but... What about Bloodlines? What about Bloodlines? Bloodlines will be fine. Hell, you've created such a detailed universe and map that a fifth-grade kid from Oklahoma could run the show, and it would still sound like you. I mean, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And what about Lucy and Cam?
3: I just changed their narrative story arcs drastically. I can't just leave them hanging out to dry.
6: Look, I get it. You care. You're a good guy in your own twisted little way. Thanks, I think. Here's what I can do I can start drumming up a list of people who might be a good fit to pass your torch on to. Oh, please, my torch. Bloodlines is your baby, right? You are the man, the myth, and the legend. We got to keep the flame going. Trust me, I got this. I'll set up a couple meetings quietly so you can have some physical proof that your show will be in good hands when you leave to become the third Riff Brother. What do you say?
2: Um, are you not from LA then?
5: Born and raised in Shaker Heights, Ohio.
2: My mom is from Akron. No way!
5: Small world.
2: Did you stay there for school or?
5: Nah. Went to college out in New York. Oh, and...
2: right, right. You went to Juilliard. It's, um, on your Wikipedia page. That must have been amazing.
5: Honestly, school itself was fine, but the best part about being in New York was getting to perform in all the cool black box theaters downtown. I actually met Warren my second year in the city. He was.
2: Stop! This is literally my dream!
5: Oh, that's right. You guys are seniors. Did you apply to Juilliard? Oh, uh,
2: yeah. A- and NYU, amongst others, but that's our plan. We're going to take on the Big Apple for college, probably live on the Upper West Side, graduate, and then. Get a super cute apartment in Prospect Heights for approximately three years before making our way out to L.A. to pursue long-term careers.
5: Wow. Sounds like a very specific but exciting plan. Doesn't it? I, uh... heard dinner with Warren didn't go so well.
2: No. Not really at all. That's why they brought you in, isn't it?
5: Well... I mean, Awesome.
2: You know. Now I need a babysitter. Oh...
5: No, 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 it's not that. It's more like... Uh, I probably know how to handle... Uh, I know firsthand how Warren can be a bit...
2: Of an asshole? Oh my god, Allie!
5: Why? I was gonna go with he can be a bit stubborn, but I mean, Allie's... Not wrong.
2: <laughs> See? Really?
5: Oh, Absolutely. And don't get me wrong, I love the guy. But, yeah, you know, he's, um... He can be kind of acerbic. Someone who might need a cup of coffee before they talk to you.
2: (laughs) Or three.
5: Do you want to talk about dinner?
2: I mean, it was fine, I guess. I did, in some way, have a nice time at the beginning. I mean, the food was great, and I got to ask him all these questions literally nobody else could answer. And frankly, he opened the door for this really kind of candid conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, when I sort of challenged him, or rather approached him with a different take on his script and his characters, and what I personally think makes the show interesting, what keeps me coming back, he sort of shut down and dismissed me and it's not like I'm uneducated when it comes to bloodlines for crying out loud I must have watched the whole thing I don't know six times seriously over? she makes me come over to re-watch certain episodes just for one line or even just for a glance a meaningful glance because there's a story there in every beat in every moment between the text But for some reason, it's like no one else is allowed to interpret what he's put on the page. But what he fails to recognize is that we aren't just reading his script at a certain point. We're watching the actors and the decisions that they make in the moment that, frankly, he has no say in. Sure, a little direction, maybe a line reading here or there, but but once you've wrapped, it's done. It's for the audience to interpret— You don't see Shakespeare actually rolling over in his grave every time someone sets the comedy of errors in Havana, Cuba, for no other reason than to set it somewhere new. He can't come back and be like, actually, that interpretation doesn't really serve as the plot. God, though, I wish he could in that specific scenario. But my point is, he can't see past himself. It's his script, his characters, his show. And everyone else's interpretation of it, if it's not the same as his, is wrong. It's so childish and narcissistic and gross. Like, what could be more straight white man than that? Amen.
5: I do think that's a pretty generalized statement, though, don't you?
2: And it's almost like you can feel his resentment towards the show. Because I guess in some way it must have turned out differently than he intended because he's clinging so desperately to this narrative that nobody else sees.
5: Well, you know, he's not the only one who's in charge of the way the script...
2: He's just so blinded by his own pride that he refuses to acknowledge the success of his own fan base. It is so easy to hate something. It is so much more interesting to like it, or at least tolerate it. Huh. What?
5: Look, I wish it was that simple. But Warren's not the only person in charge of bloodlines. I mean, this is a multi-million dollar endeavor. And the studio is going to have a say in things when they're making that kind of an investment. It's one thing to try and please the fans, but you also have to please and, frankly, suck up to the studio. And they demand a lot of things that a showrunner might disagree with, vehemently. And then you might have to let go of an artistic choice simply because that's what will bring in the revenue according to them. And usually they're right. But those things still fundamentally go against what that person imagined for the show. So it makes sense that someone might have a bad taste in their mouth about it.
2: Losing you in the vagueness of this statement.
5: Like, okay, for Bloodlines, Luther wasn't originally a part of the plan for the series. Are you serious? Uh, I mean, you're a fan, right? You know that Bloodlines was essentially a cult classic for the first two seasons? They knew they had a hit show on their hands, but no one was actually watching it. So the studio needed something to boost the numbers, and Warren in the room came up with introducing this new character, this new villain, Luther. And it worked. I mean, we blew up.
2: I mean, sure, I get it. Shows do that all the time. But... Even when that happens, you still have to own it and not, like, drown in your own self-pity.
5: Sure, but being asked to change your creative vision because the market doesn't like your original idea enough kind of... kind of sucks, you know?
2: Yeah, but you don't go and kill one of your fanbase's favorite characters just to prove a point.
5: Look, he made a bold choice. And there are going to be people who are going to love it and people who are going to hate it. But he made a choice. Luther was a bold choice to begin with, and that turned out okay, don't you think?
2: That's, like, an insanely good point, Kat. Luther wouldn't even exist if Warren didn't make these kinds of choices. Maybe... Ugh, as if I could feel any more terrible.
5: Uh, Look, Kat, it's hard to meet your heroes. I mean, turns out they're only human. And you caught him on a bad day.
2: Does he ever have a good day?
5: Well, it's not every day you get called a hack. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. I think he needed to hear that in some capacity.
2: Yeah, but maybe not so much from an 18-year-old fanfic writing geek.
5: Whoever you are, you were the first to say it. And that makes an impact. But you have to take a step back and realize that there is a lot going on behind what you see up front.
2: Yeah. I guess. Maybe.
5: Well, feels like it's getting to be that time. What do you say we get you two home?
2: Aww. Is it really time to go?
5: Yeah, unfortunately.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let me go put my toes in the water one more time.
5: <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> I'm sorry... I know that was a lot. And I'm sorry dinner wasn't what you were expecting.
2: No, I, um... I get it. Are you okay? Yeah. It's just... been a long weekend.
5: Hmm. I gave you my Instagram handle, right?
2: Yeah. Wasn't like I was following it already or anything.
5: (laughs) No, 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 of course not. You reach out if you need anything, yeah?
2: Seriously?
5: Absolutely. Okay. Good.
2: (sighs) (sighs) Okay. I have said my goodbyes, and I'm ready.
5: Alright, let's do this thing.
1: Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't think I was late. You said seven, right?
3: Yeah. No, you're, you're fine. I just got here early, I guess.
1: Wow.
3: I know. Mm,
1: careful. You might lose your tortured artist street cred.
3: I hope we can let this one slide. Don't want to get kicked out of the academy.
1: <laughs> your secret oh. is safe with me.
3: Are you hungry? Do you want to order something?
1: No, thanks. I'm good. I just ate.
3: I got you a coffee.
1: Oh, perfect. Thanks. Where's Cam?
3: Why do you ask?
1: We are usually the 9 a.m. breakfast meeting type. Thought the nighttime was more of a you and Cam time. You know, drinks with the boys kind of vibe.
3: You are one of the boys.
1: You know what I mean. It's lukewarm at best.
3: Sorry. He's busy. Who? Cameron.
1: Ah, well, I haven't been an understudy in ages, but I'm happy to fill in. (laughs) So, what's up? I'm getting less erratic vibes than usual and more depressive ones.
3: I wouldn't say I'm depressed. More so in an existential crisis.
1: Those usually go hand in hand for me. Yeah. Afraid I can't be very helpful unless, you know, we actually talk.
3: We are talking. This is nice. Uh, We don't do this enough.
1: Warren. (sighs) Right. Right. You're not leaving Bloodlines, are you? I heard some whispers of it again. Every year it's like the town gossip.
3: I've never really understood that. I have a contract. I know. But, uh, that contract actually expires this spring. Oh. And I'm apparently on a short list to direct some upcoming superhero movie. Which one? Uh, Titans of Steel.
1: How short's the list? Short. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's really incredible, Warren. Congratulations. Thanks, Lucy. So, is this official? Do I shake your hand or something and say, be seeing you?
3: <laughs> Not at all official. Hence the existential crisis.
1: Shouldn't be that existential. You're free. This is the obvious next step in your career, isn't it?
3: Well, sure. I guess.
1: Why the hesitation? All you have to do is say yes.
3: I haven't gotten the job yet.
1: Now isn't the time for modesty. I'm sure you are a shoo-in... I mean, fuck Brad, right? But he's a good agent. Yeah. Accepting a job offer like this would be a huge step in your career. What are we thinking about here?
3: I don't know. Uh, you and Kim, for one. <gasps>
1: Sorry, that sounded like you were thinking about how your decisions might affect someone other than yourself. Are you okay?
3: I'm serious, Luce. I brought us all here. Am I just supposed to leave you to carry the show on on your own?
1: The network will hire someone else. You'll help them transition. We'll get to wear something pretty to the Titans of Steel premiere... It's a job, Warren. No matter who our boss is.
3: You really think Bloodlines will be fine without me?
1: It would be fine without any of us.
3: <laughs> Do you ever think about leaving?
1: All the fucking time, dude. But right now, saying is the best career move for me.
0: What's the best move for you? This episode was written by Cassidy Lou Jones and directed by Marissa Tandon. It featured Lauren Grace Thompson as Kat, Alex Bankier as Warren, Gabrielle Adner as Ali, Megan Carter as Mina. Dallas Seeker as Cameron, Casterlene Villar as Lucy and Bex, and Connor Branigan as Brad. Our casting assistant is Kim Roth, and our sound design is by Alexandra Tandon, with additional sound design assistance from Newton Shadokati. Remember, our story takes place not just on our feed, but on the internet as well. If you'd like to check out the additional story content between episodes, be sure to visit our website at tandemproductions.com and to follow us on social media at ThatVampShow for all updates. New episodes are out on Tuesdays.